friends, and welcome to There's No People Like Show People, the podcast that connects and reconnects the theater community, inspires hope, and strives to help people not feel so alone. I am your host, Sarah Philibon. I am... <laughs> I am so excited and also a little bit nervous because this is my very first podcast episode. Um, it's just me talking and I there's going to be a lot of people that I'm going to be interviewing and putting on here and I think it's a lot more natural or easier when you're in- interviewing other people but sometimes when you're talking you think hmm <laughs> I don't know what to talk about or I lost my train of thought or I like <clears throat> like whoo <clears throat> there's you know a frog in my throat but okay so we got all that out there <laughs> we got the nervousness out we got um the you know I'm just like I'm so excited I I'm sure dear podcast listener you're probably wondering who is this person who's talking to me on the other end of my iPhone or my computer or wherever you're listening to this at? Well, I will tell you, I am Sarah Philobom. Um, I am so many different things. I am your classic, you know, h- however you would categorize or, or order. Uh, I'm an actor, a singer, a dancer, a director, a choreographer, a teacher, a mother, and now I'm a podcast host, which just makes me laugh. Um, but I, you know, I was just talking to a friend of mine about this, and I feel really proud of myself for doing this because I know, you know, previous versions of myself would have made up a bunch of excuses, and I would have said, it's too hard, or I don't have the time, or it's too expensive, I don't have anything to say, it's, I don't know how to do the technology of it, you know, and now where I'm at in my life, I, I'm like, no, I'm just going to do it because I feel really passionately about it, and I feel really strongly about it, and it's something that I really want to do, so here I am just doing it, just making it work. Um. I have been doing theater my entire life. Quite literally, I have, whether it's performing or directing or choreographing or, you know, being an assistant stage manager, corralling children, running a spotlight, helping backstage. I've worked on over 200 productions over uh, my lifetime, which uh, is something I... It's, it's like, I, I don't know, like there's time, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure people can relate to times in your life where you just think, I'm just going to quit <laughs> or this business is too hard or maybe it's time to do something else. And, and I have thought all of those things multiple times throughout my lifetime. And yet here I am still working on shows, you know, even in the middle of a pandemic, I still did a couple of shows, even after I gave birth, still working on shows. It truly is. I know now without a doubt that it is, I'm so passionate about it and that it is my life's work. Um, I was, you know, rewind to about a month ago. I was choreographing The Little Mermaid over at the Myers Dinner Theater in Indiana, and we were in the middle of a rehearsal. I think it was a, a mermaid number, you know, with the Mer sisters. I'm pretty sure it was She's in Love or something along the lines of that. And I just sort of had, it was almost like a lightning bolt. <laughs> like it was like a, 
what is it, a stroke of genius, a, a strike of inspiration, uh, a come to Jesus moment, uh, wh- one of those. But I kept thinking, I, you know, I'm choreographing and I'm like, okay, girls, like we're moving through water, like arms, don't, you're not humans, you're mermaids, you're half human, you're half fish, you're, and then all of a sudden I stopped and I said, I'm going to create a podcast. <laughs> And I don't know why I I thought in the middle of a mermaid rehearsal that, you know, that that that's what I was going to do. But it just sort of came to me and I just knew that it was something that I needed to do. So uh, this was about a month ago and, uh, you know, the show opened and I came home and I started doing research. I started talking to a couple of my friends who had their own podcasts. I said, I have no idea what I'm doing and I need your help. And I asked, I uh, talked a little bit to my friend Lily and a little bit to my friend Jess, um, who I still need to call because, you know, life has got a little crazy. Uh, And girls, if you're listening, hey, you have really inspired me so, so much by your work and what you're doing. Um, I, and then I thought, okay, I need to figure out like cover art for it. And I need to figure out theme music. And I need to like, what is the theme? And what questions am I going to ask? And who am I going to interview? And why am I doing this? And just a thousand questions. So I found an image of an old theater with a ghost light. And that was really important to me because you know, these are difficult times. We are, the, the whole world collectively is going through a world pandemic right now. And I can honestly say that not a single person that I've talked to has said, wow, 2020 is the best year of my life. No, in, in fact, it's the opposite. Um, I think people are really, really struggling right now and people feel really alone or afraid or angry or you know there's a lot of um, fear and negativity in the world going and fighting and um, truly I think the best way we can sum it up is is you know deep deep pain people are in pain for you know a a lot not just one reason but like 10 different reasons the world is a mess it is we are in chaos I listen to a lot of, you know, spiritual leaders talk and they talk about how 2020 is the year of the great divide and the year of the great shift, how things, things are shifting, things are changing, like, like major, major things. Like the world is, is, um, awakening, you know, it's, it's like a big, huge, like we're being reborn. Um, that was a tangent, but all of that's true. But going back to, uh, I found this image of an old theater with a ghost light, um, because I kind of wanted this podcast to be, to be a light in your darkness, whatever darkness or loneliness you're going through, uh, the ghost light symbolizes hope. It, uh, for those of you who don't know what the ghost light is, at the end of a show, people will always put uh, a light in the center of the stage, you know, sort of like symbolizing that we will be back. We will return. Um, the theater industry has has really taken a hard hit uh, in these uncertain times because it is unsafe to have large, you know, mass gatherings of people in close proximity. And so I, I, as I don't know the exact specific numbers, but I, I do, I'm like 90% of all live performance is just not happening right now. And that is, it's heartbreaking. It's tragic. Um, I don't think any of us ever would have imagined that we would be living in the kind of world that we are living in. 
right now. And um, these are all major reasons why I, I really felt strongly, why I really wanted to start this podcast, because words are so important. They carry so much weight and meaning. And I know for me, some you know, when I'm having a bad day or when I'm, you know, just feeling really sad or, or depressed or whatever, it's it's talking to people and and it's having that connection even if we can't have that physical connection but we can talk over the phone or we you know you can listen to a podcast while you're driving or while you're you know have a a free moment um but yeah words are really really powerful so yeah I came up you know came home from from the little mermaid I found I created my there's no people like show people cover art with the the ghost light um illuminating the dark theater And then I thought, okay, I need some like catchy, (laughs) interesting, you know, theme music for for the podcast. So I talked to my very good friend, Zach Smith, and he uh, composed and arranged sort of, I guess, arranged a a version of uh, There's No Business Like Show Business, which is a song from the old musical Annie Get Your Gun. And actually, the how I came up with that is that I had choreographed a dance recital dance to that music um, for my middle school kids, and they were all, you know, the dan- obviously the dance recital had was canceled because of the pandemic, unfortunately. But I remember being, um, you know, in rehearsal, they all put on their or in class, they all put on their little tuxedos and, <laughs> and bow ties and came out and did the dance, and I was just so proud. And and there's you know F- Ethel Merman sort of like belting in the background. There's no business like show business like no business I know. That's like Ethel if, if she was like a bass on like a two doche. So you're welcome. Um, and I thought, okay, I'm gonna call it the Show People. Well, I Googled that and and I realized there was two podcasts that were already called that. One was called The Show People and then another one was just called Show People. So I said, okay, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to steal anyone's thunder here. So I decided I'm going to take a lyric from There's No Business Like Show Business and I'm going to call my podcast There's No People Like Show People. And that has a lot of meanings to me. Um to me like truly whenever you meet theater people or show people I mean this is just people people anyone who works on a show is a show person is a show people um they are some of the most resilient kind fun talented crafty crazy people that you will ever meet because this business is so hard (laughs) <laughs> and it requires you, you have to be able to take rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection after people just not emailing you back, people not calling you back, people calling you fat, people not call, people not giving you a job, you know, people calling and giving you a job, you know, being out of work, working, it's traveling, auditioning. And we all know that auditioning doesn't pay the bills at all. So you have to have a bunch of other jobs and you just, you have to be really creative and you have to make it work. So, um, this is, this name is sort of inspired by all of the, you know, millions of show people that have come before us, the millions of show people who are out of work currently, 
the millions of show people who will come after us, who who in the midst of adversity and struggle, who still get up, who still create, who are still uh, working. To, because even if you're not doing a show right now, you're still a show person. You know, you're still creating. You're still finding ways to shine your light in a dark world. Um. A couple of years ago, you know, I didn't even know what a podcast was <laughs> until about three years ago. I had heard about them, but I, I didn't really get it. I thought, okay, it's just people talking all the time. That's boring. Like, I, I don't have time for that. I don't want to listen. I listen to people talk all the time in the cast house that I live in, and that annoys me. So I just, or I, I want to listen to music or, you know, whatever. I really, I didn't understand it. And it wasn't until my very good friend, Mr. Luke Rose, uh, introduced me to the podcasting world. We were doing Elf the Musical together at the Circa 21 Dinner Playhouse in Rock Island, Illinois. And we were living in cast housing. And it was just one random night after a performance. And we, he said, do you listen to podcasts? And I said, I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, is that something I have to pay for? Is that, how do I get that? He's like, no, dummy, it's on your phone. Like, it's free. You just subscribe, you download, you listen to them. And he said, you know, Sarah, I think you'd really like them. And I said, okay, so give me your phone. So I, I gave him my phone and he just found a bunch of, um, you know, like theater related podcasts. Uh, and he subscribed me to all of them. He said, okay, here you go. Like, <laughs> here's a starting point. I said, okay. And I like listened to a few, you know, kind of hit or miss here and there. But I thought, mm, I don't know, this like really isn't for me. Like I, I you know, I'm, I'm too busy. I'm always in rehearsal. I'm always in a show. Uh, you know, I don't have time to, to listen to these. <laughs> well, you know, uh, thank you, Luke Rose, for, for putting those podcasts on my phone, because it wasn't until later. It, so that was the end of 2017. It wasn't until I would say uh, a year later, like end of 2018 up until uh, recently. So all of 2019 and all of 2020 is when I really started to listen to podcasts. I like really got into it. And I think uh, there's a couple of reasons behind that. Um, I will say the number one podcast uh, that Luke put on my phone that I've, I've literally listened to every single episode was Rory O'Malley's Living the Dream podcast. Uh, there's like 80 some episodes I've listened to every single one um, out of order. You know, I didn't listen to them in order or anything, but uh, Rory O'Malley is, he's so funny and very genuine and he asks hard questions and I loved all of his guests. It was, I felt like I was just hanging out with my friends and, you know, he interviews, obviously for those of you who don't, and Rory O'Malley, if you're listening, I love you. Um, you are incredible. And I think you're, you're just doing such great work. Uh, and I relate so much to you, you know, being a new parent and being a performer and, dealing with rejection and uh you know we both did happy days the musical at one point <laughs> in our lives um you know maybe i'll maybe i'll interview Roy o'malley on here one day <laughs> that that's the goal that's that's the, that's the goal then we will know that there's no people like show people has really made it lol um but i um i went through and i'm still going through some really difficult things in my personal life and there were 
many, many times, several times where I just felt really, really alone in the world. And that had been a new feeling for me because, you know, I had lived in cast houses all across the country for a solid decade. Uh, I've lived with over 300 people, believe it or not. And that's a very <laughs> unique and interesting experience. I mean, the, the houses are so alive. There's so much noise and chatter and, and singing and doors opening and closing and water. The sound of people are always washing their hands or taking a shower or, you know, the stairs are always creaking. Um, there's always someone's always rehearsing lines in the living room or there's always a party going on. There's some sort of like weird theme party where you're in a costume. There's you just sort of, you know, you do everything together. And at times that would, you know, be a little bit too much. It would be a lot. A lot of the times I would be the person in the cast house who would always try to wake up in the morning and like sneak out of the house before anyone would know that I was gone so that I could have some alone time to myself. Um, and everybody else would like still be asleep. You know, they all went out to the bar the night before and I would want to get up and go to the coffee shop and go to the gym. And, you know, I'm like, I will I will definitely see all of you later at the show and at the house after the show. But um, and then, you know, I sort of I transitioned into um, I, you know, I found out I was pregnant and that was, uh, you know, n- uh, not a planned pregnancy. It was very unexpected for me. And I and for a while, I I had to figure out, okay, how am I still going to be an artist? How am I still going to be, you know, doing shows, which is like my life's work and my life's purpose, but also be a new mom? Because for any of you who have small children and also have done shows, you know very well that having a baby and also doing theater, the the schedules don't really line up. They don't really mix very well. So you just have to get creative and you have to be afraid to not ask for the help that you need. Um, So I, you know, I gave birth um, last year, 16 months ago to be exact in April of 2019. And um, that's been like, oh, that's a whole nother podcast episode is talking about that journey. But I will, being a new mom is really lonely. It's a really lonely time. And nobody really told me that because, you know, you're with this new life, this infant that that depends completely on you, that relies on you. Um, I, <laughs> I really try. I really tried my best to breastfeed. And uh, that after meeting with several lactation consultants and trying a bunch of different things and I just thought, OK, this is just not this isn't going to work out. So then I started pumping my breast milk. And um, (laughs) I like that I'm talking about this like episode one, like you're pretty much going to know everything about me on episode one of this podcast um, to really, you know, get you into the vibe of, of the, of the honesty of there's no people like I want it to be honest and genuine and relatable. That's so important to me. I want you to relate to it. I'm just a normal person. I'm just who loves to do shows. That's, that's, you know, pretty much it there. But, uh, me attempting to breastfeed that didn't work. And okay. So I'm going to pump my breast. And I was, you know, in mama, I was directing and choreographing mama Mia, like right after Sophie was born. And I'm, you know, would get up and I would pump in the morning and then I would pump on lunch break and then I would pump on dinner break. And then I would pump before I went to bed. And sometimes in the middle of the night I would get up and pump. And like, it is like a part-time job on top of your full-time job (laughs) of just trying to like pump the milk to feed your baby. And one of the things that I did, I listened to podcasts constantly because I needed to hear other people's words, um, 
And it, you know, doing that and hearing that, it helped me to not feel so alone in the world. And even when I was, you know, going on drives, Sophie, my daughter, would be asleep in her car seat in the back seat, and she would take a nap, and I would put on a podcast, and I would, you know, put on another podcast and and listen to that because I needed to hear those words. They really, um, I will say, listening to podcasts is one of the number one things that got me through some of the darkest and loneliest times um, in my entire life. So that's why I wanted to create this podcast and I wanted to talk to people um, to, you know, to help people in the world. I'm sure you're wondering at this point, I, you're, you're like information overload. This is a lot. <laughs> She's sung like Ethel Merman. She's talked about pumping her breast milk. Like what is going on here? Um, a little bit about me and my, you know, where I came from and my background. I, uh, I was born in Washington, D.C. Um, in the 80s. <laughs> so, you know, there's that for you to set, to set a scene. Uh, I grew up in Maryland. Um, my parents, uh, a very stable home life, you know, they were married for 35 years. So long, long, long time. And they, they were, you know, high school sweethearts. They dated in high school. They got married in their twenties. They had me, I'm an only child. So I think people definitely, um, whenever you say only, only child, some people are like, Oh, a spoiled little brat or, uh, you know, a crazy person or, you know, whatever. But I, I, I never really felt alone growing up because I was so busy and I was so active. I, my childhood was very, <laughs> very highly structured. I was always taking a class of some kind. You know, I went to school obviously during the day and then I was every after school program you can think of. Somehow I was involved in it, uh, especially in elementary school. I was always at my local dance studio. I was always taking dance classes um, you know, my mom put me in my first dance class at age four. Uh, and I think that's one of the best things that she did because I love dancing. I love movement. I, whenever I hear a song on the radio or like in the grocery store, I'm always thinking, how would I move, how would I create a dance out of this song? Like always, even to this day. Um, and from there I started taking acting classes. I took voice lessons. I was in Girl Scouts. I took gymnastics for a, a really long time. I performed basically in every show that I could possibly perform in. I was, you know, always at those auditions, always, you know, <laughs> I mean, as like a six-year-old, I was like pounding the pavement, you know, <laughs> over in Maryland. Like I was just doing and going. And I, and I always, every show that was going on, didn't matter if it was a community show, a professional show, a national tour, a, you know, whatever. Like I had to see every single show. I was always, you know, just like obsessed with any sort of, uh, theatrical opportunity. I was in my high school shows, my middle school shows. I was in community theater shows. I, uh, when I was 10 years old, I was Annie at the local dinner theaters production of Annie. So I guess that would technically be my first, uh, professional performance. I got paid a whole $10 a, a performance back in, you know, 1997 or whenever it was. Um, so it was just really clear to me, uh, you know, it, it had, it, performing just felt like breathing it felt natural that I what like thinking about my future I just knew that I was going to go to school for musical theater and like that was it like no one could convince me 
oh, well, that's not very stable, Sarah, or maybe you should get an education degree or maybe you should go into something else or, or at least consider. And, you know, 17, 18 year old me was like, no, <laughs> nope, I've made up my mind. I am going to get my BFA in musical theater and that's it. No one this this is what I'm supposed to do. That's where I'm. That's what that's it. It's that or nothing. So I started applying for colleges and um, I got into Shenandoah University or the Shenandoah Conservatory. Um, and I spent four years there getting my Bachelor of Fine Arts. And I'm so glad that I went to Shenandoah for a lot of reasons. Uh, I'm glad that I went there that it wasn't in a major city because I don't think that I was ready for that at that, you know, being so young. I'm glad that I my education was in a conservatory setting because, I mean, so many opportunities. You were always, you know, in a directing project or choreographing. Uh, you know, I was always choreographing like a tap piece for, um, you know, the dance performance forum. Uh, they had theater for young audience uh, shows. They had musicals. There were plays. There were operas. There were you were always taking class. You were always in, you were just always going and doing and moving and performing and uh, not only was that really good for me at that age, but it also the connections that I made and the friends that I made, you know, going there uh, who are, you know, lifelong friends today. Uh, you know, this business is a lot about who you know and who you've worked with and who you've done shows with. And so the connections have really helped me a lot. So I graduated, oh wow, a long, <laughs> a long time, not that long ago, but over a decade ago from the old uh, SU, yes, yes, you can, Shenandoah University. And I moved to New York. I moved to New York City right away because I thought, okay, well, that's just, that's what you have to do <laughs> as an actor, which by the way, that is not what you have to do as an actor. Like you do not need to move to New York City right away. Um, but it was only four hours away. You know, I spent my whole childhood going to New York to see a bunch of shows. Um, whenever my mom would ask me, oh, like Sarah, like, what do you want for your birthday? Or what do you want for Christmas this year? And the answer was always the same. Like, I, I remember this so vividly. It was always, I want to go to New York and I want to see as many Broadway shows as we can, as we can afford to see. And we did that a lot. You know, we would get up and we would get in the car. It was only a four hour drive there, uh, you know, from Maryland. And we would just go for like a day, you know, we'd go for 24 hours and go see a show or try to go see a matinee and an evening show and then drive back. Or I did that in college all the time. I would, it was only like a five hour drive. So I would, you know, drive up and go see as many, you know, man, sitting <laughs> the hours that I have <laughs> sat and or stood in student rush lines <laughs> could, I mean, could add up to weeks because you get really affordable tickets that way. And half the time you get to sit in the front row and I would just, wow, I mean, the most magical thing that that I can think of is sitting in in a Broadway house and and watching a Broadway show. They're just so the the work ethic and the inspiration and like all of the elements, you know, coming together and and connecting and um it's just even still to this day that that is one of my favorite things to do in life and I wish that I had the money and the capability to see every single Broadway show. Like I would absolutely do that. So that was when I lived in New York, I lived there uh, on and off for about a year and a half. Uh, that was my favorite thing to do was going to see Broadway shows. It was, you know, any, anytime I had extra money that that's what it went towards because um, you know, for research, for inspiration, for a lot of different things. 
So that was a little over 10 years ago and I was auditioning and I was submitting and I was going to, uh, you know, theater audition conferences and emailing and making connections. And then (laughs) I'd say for like the last 10 years, I have, I've lived and worked all over the country. And I'm really grateful for that, especially for all of the travel and for all of the people that I know, like not even, you know, show people or theater people, but people who support the arts. Like that's a really, really big one. People who donate their time and their money to arts organizations, the people all across this country who are truly keeping the arts alive, even in the middle of a pandemic, people who are still helping out. Um, That's been such a big thing for me. Uh, I did the national tour of A Christmas Carol a bunch. I did a whole bunch of children's theater tours where we went into, uh, you know, elementary schools and performed shows for kids. And even some of these opportunities, like I remember, you know, it's like, (laughs) you name it, like I've performed there. I've performed in a school cafeteria. I've performed in the gym, in the library. I've performed in a barn. I've worked on shows outside. I've I've performed in like a 3,000 seat equity national touring house I've you know it's like you just you performed everywhere Um, and I'm so grateful for all of those opportunities because you know being fresh out of college I had no idea I had no clue what my theatrical journey was going to look like or if I would be successful if I would be consistent sort of you know my number one goal was to be a true working actor that that's it was never like my goal was never like I'm gonna be on Broadway (laughs) my my goal was to consistently do theater and the really cool thing about that is that I started out as as you know predominantly a performer as an actor singer dancer and then sort of along the way um you know here and there I started choreographing a little bit or I taught, you know, a theater summer camp for kids, uh, and then I started directing, and then I started teaching dance classes, and then acting classes, and sort of, you know, doing a lot of different things, and as I've gotten older, especially within the last, I'd say, two to three years, my um, performing career has been transitioning into uh, a directing and choreographing and teaching career. And for me, like, I love performing. I really do, especially, like, the energy of it, the, the excitement, the uh, the community that it, it, you know, the being backstage and in a dressing room with people. And I love that. But now I'm realizing that it's more, it's more fulfilling to me to be on the other side of the table. It's more, it, it's more meaningful and more fulfilling to me to be a director or be a choreographer or be a teacher. And, and also, you know, being a mom is, is the same thing. Um, I will say being a mother is by far <laughs> the hardest thing that I have, that I have ever done in my life. Uh, it's harder than all of those 200 shows that I, that I worked on because, you know, being in a rehearsal process or a performance, there's structure, there's, you know, you know what to expect. There's call times there. It's very like structured and organized and fast paced and everyone's working hard. And being a mom to an infant is like the opposite of that. <laughs> Every day is different. You never like, you know, some days, you know, the baby is, you're having a good baby day and she's great. And then other days she screams and cries all day long and half the time you don't even know why and you know feeding schedules and and just learning how I mean it it terrified me learning how to take care of a a baby and 
for some reason, you know, by, by the true gift of the theater gods, um, I, I uh, was talking to my friends. I just directed Little Women, uh, which was, that's the 10th show that I've worked on uh, since Sophie was, was born, which is insane to me. <laughs> like, I, and I, looking back, I don't know how I did it, but, but I did it because, because I love it, because I truly love, I love doing this. And, um, you know, now we're in the middle of a pandemic. There are so many unknowns. Nobody, nobody, it, no one really knows what's going to happen, especially in this business. This is a, a huge time of uncertainty, of fear, of loneliness, of anger, of confusion. Um, we don't know. We, we don't know what, what the future is for for like live performing arts and I I do know like it's gonna come back like we're gonna we're gonna bounce back from this absolutely because because we are resilient and we are strong and we have so much passion for this like how could we not how how could just live theater be gone forever like that's just not even (laughs) that's just not even possible or, or not even a thing you know like we we have to, we're just, we're on pause right now. We're on intermission. We're at, we're at intermission, you know, we're, we're taking a bathroom break. We're going to like get some Sour Patch Kids at the concession stand. And then like we're coming, but we don't know how long this intermission is, is for. And that's scary. The, the unknowns are, I'm, I am a person who is such a planner. <laughs> I like to, like, I'm doing this, that I'm doing this, that I'm doing this. <laughs> well, now I'm in a place where like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. And that's scary to me, but I will tell you a couple of things that I do know that I'm doing. Um, in this time, I'm definitely still taking care of an infant because, you know, that's a thing that I, that, that is necessary that I have to do, like still changing diapers, still, you know, still, um, watching my baby grow up and watching her laugh and scream and cry and have a million different emotions. And I keep every day, I'm like, when are you going to talk to me in like sentences? When are you going to sing to me? I, I, you know, I can't wait uh, for us to, for us to do a tap dance to get together, which is something the world needs to see. Um, so I'm definitely, you know, you're always a mom. You're always a mom, no matter what stage of life they're in. But, and I'm, the other thing that I'm doing is I am creating this podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm creating it for you. Um, and I will say, you know, thinking back to my introduction for my podcast, which is, these are my sort of like my mission statement or my go- my main three goals of the podcast are Number one, to connect and reconnect the theater community. And and I mean like global, like the global, like we're everywhere, the global theater community. I think there has been, uh, you know, because of the pandemic, unfortunately, there's a lot of fighting within our industry right now. And I know that the theater means connection, the you know going to see a show it brings people together it's so important that we tell these stories in order to remind people to come together and to not fight with each other to not judge each other for doing a show or not doing a show or you know and anything like that um we need in times of tragedy in times of heartbreak more than ever, this is the time 
that we need to come together. We need to connect and reconnect. And, and it's, it's as simple as asking the question, how can I help? How can I help? What can I do? What do you need? And so when I had that sort of light bulb moment in the middle of Little Mermaid rehearsal, to me, like creating this podcast, that was the answer. That, that, that was a major answer for me of what can I do that is, you know, completely free and accessible to everyone in the world. And, and I can use my voice and I can, uh, you know, tell the story, tell my story and tell other people's stories so that I can, so I can help people not feel so alone, which brings me to my second point of, you know, the podcast is to help you not feel so alone by hearing these words and hearing these stories. And, you know, finally, and lastly, I I really hope that by listening to this, it gives you hope. It gives you great hope for a better world, for, you know, when, when we come out of this pandemic and we're on the other side of it, um, who are we gonna be? Who, what kind of person, who are you going to choose to be? And, and how can we start affecting that change right now while, while we are in the middle of something that is um, unexpected and terrible and, and heartbreaking. How can we, you know, start the gears of change and how can we start having these conversations and shifting towards the greater good? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I know that was a lot. You know, here we are, episode one. I want to make sure that I am having those conversations that are, you know, not just having the good conversations, but also having the ones, things that are difficult to talk about. Because I think when, you know, like someone has to go first, someone has to be honest and vulnerable first, and that inspires other people to be honest and vulnerable and that is what inspires change let's we're all going to take like a collective (laughs) deep breath there and deep sigh of relief um I really didn't plan what I was going to say I put a few like bullet points down on on a random piece of paper and I just started talking because you know I if you know me well you know that I have a coffee shop addiction and I go to the coffee shop pretty much every day way more than I should and this one girl who was working one day I was kind of like telling her what was going on in my life and she said Sarah I feel like there's a there's a lot of things that you need to say or there's a lot of things that that are like within you that need to like come out of your body that you need to like voice she said, is there, is there a play that you need to write or is there a story that you need to tell? And this was a few months ago and it really got me thinking because I thought, yes, <laughs> there, yes, there's a lot of things I need to say and, and a lot of stories that I need to tell and that I want to tell in order to inspire people and, and ultimately at the end of the day, in order to help people feel not so alone. So I want to thank you 
so, so, so much for uh, downloading, for subscribing, for listening to this podcast. Um, I just, this is the very beginning. Like, I think that you and I together are embarking on this incredible journey, and I don't even know where it's going to go. I really don't. And that, that's the cool thing about it. Like I have, I have lots of ideas. Um, I have lots of uh, guests that, I, that I'm going to be interviewing. And my goal is to try to put one new episode out each week. Sometimes it's going to just be me talking about things that I'm thinking about or things that inspire me or things, you know, whatever it is, you know, and um it would be if you feel so inclined, if you could download, subscribe, or leave a rating, that would be awesome. I would love to hear from you guys because I'm doing this podcast for you. I'm doing it for you because I think that it is something that we all really need right now. We need this. We need more honesty. We need more kindness. We we need more connection. So... Thank you so much for taking this journey with me.